I have seen some of the smartest people you will ever meet go broke in this business because they wouldn't do anything. And then I've seen some of the dumbest people on the planet make a fortune. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur, a real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate. And they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, So we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save. Um, Have a personal concierge service help you along the way and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this show, in case you're new, is all about cutting out that fluffy stuff, getting straight to real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. In fact, uh, we're speaking to a relative of a previous best ever guest. How you doing, Kent Clothier? I'm doing good, man. Nice to have you on the show. And Kent is, are you based in California or are you based in Florida? I was based in Florida for about 10 years and about three years ago, moved to La Jolla, California. Welcome to the show and a little bit about Kent and then he'll get into his background in more detail. He's the founder and CEO of REI Marketing, which is a multifaceted real estate education and marketing company. His team's responsible for the development of many successful real estate tools such as 1-800-SELL-NOW, Find Motivated Sellers Now, and Find Private Money Now. 
He also is involved with Memphis Invest, which uh, what I was leading to earlier, Chris, his brother, has also been on the show. And Chris is actually responsible for influencing the show to a degree that I now ask, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made? Because Chris mentioned that's one of the questions he asks potential business partners when he talks to them. So ever since I spoke to Chris, that's been a, a part of the show. And not only does Kent have the, the marketing background and creating these education and marketing tools, but he's also got the experience where within 18 months after starting in real estate full-time, he wholesaled 91 houses throughout South Florida. So with that being said, Kent, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. I mean, you did a pretty good job of kind of of covering a lot of it. At the end of the day, I got involved in real estate back in 2003. January 2003 was the first time I'd ever done a deal. Uh, was drawn to wholesaling. I had just had a very, very successful run uh, in grocery wholesaling, of all things, kind of a form of arbitrage. And so basically from the time I was 17 till the time I was 30, I'd built a very successful business that ultimately um, was doing almost $2 billion a year based out of Boca Raton, Florida, myself and a, a lot of other guys, quite frankly, and had a falling out, got involved or kind of got pushed out, I should say, and pushed over to where I felt like I needed to get into an entirely different industry, stumbled into real estate, got going. And as you said, my first year was very, very successful at it. My big epiphany, though, if you will, was that I realized that uh, with my second lease in life here, my second career, if you will, I wasn't going to make some of the same mistakes. I had basically been very, very successful at a very young age and had built an entire business uh, at the expense of family and friends and everything else. I mean, when you build a $2 billion year business, you get, uh, you can imagine you're, you're not going broke when you're doing that. So I was making a lot of money, was very successful at it, but it just was not, uh, not congruent, not in alignment, not where I needed to be. And so I had to get knocked down a few notches, got humbled. Got into a new uh, arena and saw myself, you know, my first few years in real estate making a lot of the same mistakes. And that was, uh, that was a big eye-opening moment for me back in 2005 when I realized I had basically done the exact same thing. I'd become very successful, but I was, again, making all the same mistakes and at the expense of everybody around me and decided I was going to uh, make the adjustments and create systems and automation and processes and all these things that would allow me to kind of own my time and not be a slave to my business. And consequently, our businesses have exploded ever since, both on the investing side. And once people saw how well we were doing on the investing side, it kind of led us into down a path that people wanted to know more about what we were doing and started buying these automation, automation tools and all these systems and all these processes from us, the coaching and mentoring and what have you. Now that's turned into a really big business. So you know, that's, that's my life story in about three minutes or less here. But at the end of the day, I, I'm probably no different than anybody listening here. I got started in real estate kind of out of necessity. The barriers of entry were relatively low. And, but I just learned along the way how to turn it into a really, really big operation that has paid dividends, you know, like nothing I could ever imagine over the years. Yeah, let's talk about that last comment that you made as far as you started out uh, low barrier and then you built it into a larger business and businesses now. How do you do that? Well, it's a loaded question, right? I mean, there's a lot of steps to this, but I will tell you there's a few few steps I would, I would tell anybody they have to go through. Number one, you have to uh, begin starting with the end in mind, meaning you have to understand exactly what it is that you want your business to be. Uh, unfortunately, 
and this is this is true of any entrepreneur, not just real estate, but unfortunately, most people get involved in a new business, a new venture, and they have no idea what success really looks like. Whether they're buying into a subway franchise or starting in real estate investing or starting some new internet marketing thing or some new MLM, basically they're chasing money. They're trying to pay bills, trying to somehow get away from the nine to five and somehow control their own destiny. And a big thing that changed the way I viewed all that was a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Really had a profound influence on me and, and helping me to understand that the difference between owning a job and owning a business. So owning you know you own a business really simply here when, you know, just leave, walk away, walk away from the business for a month and don't tell anybody, don't call anybody and come back in a month. And if the business is still standing, well, you've kind of got the beginnings of a business. And if there's more money in your bank account than when you left, you definitely have a business. But anything short of that, you own a job. You know, if the business is so dependent on the things you're doing, you own a job. And so I just got, you got to get to the point where you understand that you don't want to own a job and what it is that you do do want. For me, it, and I'm sure a lot of people would relate to this, it's I wanted to uh, own my time. I became very dialed in on how much quality time I get to spend with my family, how much quality time I get to spend with my friends. I knew exactly what I really wanted to do with my life. I wanted to, you know, part of the reason I moved out here to California is because it's exactly where I wanted to live. I wanted to live on the beach. I wanted to be able to walk to my office. I wanted to be able to walk my two young daughters to school. Quality of life is a, was a huge and is a huge thing to me. I want to be able to come and go and do what I want to do. I want to travel the world and do what I want to do. All of those things are the way I define success. So, the only way I can truly be successful is to build a business that gives me that. And it's in that realization that you will quickly find a lot of freedom in understanding what you need to do to accomplish that. So what I mean is people that are fearful of creating systems or hiring people or tra sitting down and training somebody, right? I mean, I hear this all the time. Why would I sit down and train somebody for five days on something to get them to do a job that I could just do it myself? Well, how about that? You want to own your time, and this investment in five days could pay dividends to you for the next five years. I think you have to get into that place first before you'll ever actually do what it takes to build a business. And, and, and the way I phrase it with, with anybody that I work with is you just simply have to fear regret more than you fear failure. When you fear regret and you know sitting there and regretting how you spent your time, then you'll absolutely do what's necessary to start building a business, and there's plenty of ways to do that. Um, you know, great books out there, a, a lot of great resources on how to put processes in place and, and systems in place and really stay focused. You know, Gary Keller, The One Thing or Traction is another great book or The 80-20 uh, by Perry Marshall. These are all really good books on how to, how to begin cultivating and building a business. But none of that matters if you don't fully understand why you're trying to build the business and you're willing to do what it takes to do it. When you began starting with the end in mind, did you write down what the end looked like? Did you have a vision board? Did you just have it in your head? Did it evolve over time? What did that look like? Well, I'll answer your last question first. It, did it evolve over time? Absolutely. It's a, it's a moving target because, because you know I'm 45 now. I'm a very different guy at 45 than I was when I first started in this business at 32. Um, my values have changed. I've had two, you know, I've had two daughters now that I, at the time I had 
a son. Now I have two daughters and a son. I, I get basically a second chance at this. So my priorities have changed. My philosophies have changed. The way I view business and life in general has changed. So it's absolutely a moving target. But if you don't write it down, then I think you are you. It, it's a pipe dream at best, right? It's you're being delusional at worst, right? You're kind of not even really being serious about it. Ask any successful person how they achieve what they want to achieve. And you have to write your goals down, but you have to do it. Here's the way I do it and what I instruct people to do, right? When, I talk, when I'm talking to them is the very first thing I do in this process is I go through and I, I figure out, and this is very, you know, it's, it's humbling and it's a little, you know, it's not, the, it's, not the, it's not the most fun exercise to go through, but I literally go through and, and calculate, statistically speaking, how many days I have left. And I mean literally left. So I'll give you an example. The average American male lives to the age of 78. I'm 45 years old. So theoretically, I have statistically about 33 years left. Times 365, it's roughly about 11,000 days. It's safe to say that I'm going to be asleep for eight hours a night. So you take away those, those hours. I roughly have about 8,069 waking days left. And that number, the reason I can rattle off is it's sitting right here in front of me on my whiteboard, 8,069 days. And every day when I come in, I erase the last digit and replace it, you know, with one less. So I'm quite literally watching my days go away. So that gets me into the right headspace of understanding that, that the time is now, right? A saying that we have in our office and entire organization, the time is now. You need to go right now and create what you want to create. And, you know, make the most out of life. That's the very first step. The second thing is you sit down and it's really two parts. One, I ask myself the question, if I, if I was given seven days to live, 168 hours, what would I do with those hours? What would I spend them doing? And I think personally, this is just my belief, that the answer to what you really, what success really looks like lies in that answer. 168 hours, the last, you know, your last seven days on the planet is a very powerful exercise to go through. You know, most of us, or at least I can tell you that most of the people that I've run into, it's, it's about creating impact and it's about leaving a legacy for your kids or for your family and making sure that people know what you stood for, what you stood against, what you believe in, you know, spending quality time with people, really, whether it's your church or organizations or whatever the case may be, right? That's how you, and in that answer, that's what success really is. So build a business with those core values and define success like that. The second part of that is my mentor, when I was going through a very difficult time, encouraged me to sit down and write down what the perfect day looks like. So if I had, you know, we've all seen the movie Groundhog Day, if I had to live the, the same day over and over and over again, what would I want it to look like? And if I could do that without any restrictions, so time, money, people, family, geography, you know, not, take all the gloves off, everything off. What would I actually spend that day doing? And he encouraged me to write it down and almost write it down the way he said it was write it down like a screenplay, like literally in very, very figurative language where people know, you know, what does it smell like when you wake up in the morning? What do you feel? Who are you with? What are you touching? You know, look at what does it look like outside? What's, you know, is the wind blowing across you in your bedroom? You know, really, really figurative language that allows your mind to really think about what you really would do with the perfect day. Because I think in those two exercises, what happens is you start to understand what really matters to you. Because if you could do this every single day, I didn't, you know, it's not an average day. It's your perfect day. This is what you would do. I would, you know, you'd be with your kids, you'd be with your wife, you'd be with your, you know, your husband, you'd be traveling, you, whatever that is, right? We all have some definition. 
but write it down. And in those two answers, when you write all that down, you will have the nucleus of exactly what matters to you. And so the way you don't become a slave to your business is you build a business that ultimately allows you to do those things. And that freedom that comes from, you know, getting into that mindset and you say, you know what, what I wouldn't do in my perfect day is I wouldn't sit around and flip houses. I wouldn't go look at houses and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do a bu- I wouldn't comp a bunch of properties. And I wouldn't go knock on doors and I wouldn't talk to none of us would do that. And if you would, you're crazy. <laughs> what you would do is you would spend time doing the things you love and being with the people you love. So your business, all of those things should be outsourced. All of those things, somebody, you can pay somebody else to do them and give you the time freedom to go do what you really want to do. And that's how you start. Now, it, of course, it builds and evolves and everything, and there's a lot more moving parts to it. But I think when you get into those types of, when you get into that headspace, you make good decisions that start freeing you up to go build the business. And you realize that you're, you have nothing to lose. You might as well go for it, right? You got you got 8,000. Know, I'm sitting here with 8,069 days left. I might have more. I might have less. But I'm going to act like I know how many I have, and I'm going to get the most out of every one of them. When somebody's looking to scale their company, and right now, let's go with your wholesaler example. Mm-hmm. When a wholesaler is looking to scale his or her company, right now it's, it's just them. How should they determine who the first person they should hire will be? Well, there's basically, in, in a wholesale operation, when you're hiring the first individual, it's, it's either going to be on the acquisition side, the administrative side, or on the disposition or selling side, right? It's going to be one of those three areas. I would find out what you are passionate about, right? Because we all have to start somewhere. Some people are really good at the acquisition side. They like to go and sit down with the sellers. They like to, that whole negotiation side of it. They really love that part of it. But they're not just, they're not very organized. They don't, you know, they don't cross their T's, dot their I's. They're always kind of chasing them, them, you know, that's one of their weak areas. So my point would be figure out what you're really good at and what you really love doing and doesn't feel like work. And when you start, begin outsourcing everything else. So again, you know, from my perspective, and I'm strictly going to give you from my perspective, right? The marketing side of it is at this point is fairly easy. You know, at this point, there are automation tools out there. And of course we have them in our business that can create inbound seller and cash buyer leads at the push of a button. So to invest a lot of time and effort and energy in doing those things is pretty pointless. Because you can literally push a button and make the phone ring. So back back to my whole thing about time. Why would you invest 20 hours a week in doing something that you could do in 20 minutes? So I don't think those are places you hire people. I think places you hire people are keeping the gears greased and keeping the thing moving. So the very first person I ever hired was an assistant. I liked talking to the buyers on the phone. I didn't particularly like negotiating to, to buy the deals, but I was willing to do it. What I wasn't very good at was keeping all of it moving, like a transaction coordinator, right? Keeping it, keeping it moving, keeping everybody communicated with, slowing down long enough to make sure that we all actually got paid and all those things, talking to the title company, talking to the attorneys, that wasn't something I was really strong at. So that was the first thing I hired for. That person quickly turned into somebody that was handling my marketing, right? And, and executing on the marketing campaigns. And then that person evolved into somebody that was actually talking to my buyers, because my buyers became my friends, right? They became my, you know, part of our community. So I knew exactly what they wanted. So what I was creating out there in, in inventory was very easy. We didn't have to sell anything. It was just pick up the phone, call somebody, and they buy it. And so 
Then as the operation grew, then I started putting somebody in charge of handling acquisition. So I think it's a moving target. I really think it's part of one of the, my very first answers, figuring out what you, what you really want your day to look like. But in that answer also, what you really, what's, what doesn't feel like work? You know, my business is very different today. Like I spend a, a lot of time in my business now working on marketing. Not because I have to, but because I, that's just what I love to do. It's what I choose to do. So I, I would start there. What would you choose to do? What do you love to do? What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Don't make it harder than it's got to be. Start with the end in mind. We, you know, I think that probably nine out of 10 real estate investors that I've ever met over the years, and I've literally worked with thousands at this point, and I'd have to be a fool not to notice, you know, certain patterns. The pattern I see time and time again is, is people love to find comfort, if you will, for lack of better ways of saying it, in, in complexity. They tell themselves this is a, this is very hard or I can't do it because of X, Y, or Z, or I've got to get this done before I can do it. I got to get this LLC set up or I got to find, I got to get this, whatever, right? There's a million scenarios, these what if scenarios that people tell themselves before they'll actually do something. And the reality of it is, is that this business, what makes it so attractive, especially when it comes to wholesaling is that it is so simple and I'm not, I didn't say easy. You will work, but it is simple. I have seen some of the, smartest people you will ever meet go broke in this business because they wouldn't do anything. And then I've seen some of the dumbest people on the planet make a fortune. So you cannot tell me it's about, you know, this being complex and, and it's difficult and it's hard. No, it, none of that. It is simply a matter of, it is as simple as you can possibly make it. So I'll give you an example in my world. Again, our whole thing revolves around time. So we have figured out how to do a deal very, very quickly. I mean, my brother, you know, they have perfected this in Memphis and Dallas and Houston. But when we started, we did what was called reverse wholesaling. We knew exactly what our buyers wanted. We knew exactly where they wanted to buy, what price they were willing to pay, how, what the amenities are, three bedroom, two bath, southeast part of the county, in this particular neighborhood next to these schools, they wanted it to rent for this much. We, we took the time, again, starting with the end in mind, to really understand what our buyers wanted and then all of our efforts from that point forward were just spent on creating it. Whereas most people go out and hunt and peck and try to find a deal and hope that they'll find a buyer and get it sold. And I can tell you from, you know, school of hard knocks, hope is not a strategy. So my advice, best advice is start with the end in mind. Go talk to the buyers. Go find out exactly in your market who's paying cash, how many they're buying, what they're buying, every single thing you could possibly find from them. And once you have that information, then you are so far ahead of your competition, it's, it's silly. Because then you can quite literally go and start instigating and creating and marketing for that inventory that, that ultimately you could sell to those people. It's like having a buyer in your back pocket. That's the way you do business over and over and over and over again. It's much more fulfilling. When you personally are working in an average week, and you might, you know, you might say there's no average week, but uh, if, if there is an average week when you are working, your working hours... Uh, what are you spending the majority of your time on specifically? You, you mentioned marketing, but if it is marketing, what specifically? Specifically, we have you know we operate a lot of different you know we're we're a multifaceted company at this point, right? So we have masterminds that we run, we have on-site coaching and mentoring programs that we run, we have our software business, and then we have our investing business. So, in any given time, I'll have my hands in some of the marketing that has to do with one of those areas of our business. We working with some part, part of our team on nurturing our clients, helping our clients, attracting more clients, 
online marketing strategies, offline marketing strategies. We've become, you know, we've become pretty proficient over the years at marketing. And it's something I just, I'm constant, I'm fascinated with. I'll either be spending my time doing that or I'll be spending my time, you know, sitting one-on-one and mentoring other young entrepreneurs here in our community and across the country that I get a great deal of fulfillment out of watching people, you know, and helping people kind of navigate what it takes to build businesses, right? Uh, this is, I'm on our 11th multi-million dollar business here. So we've learned a lot over the years on what it takes to do that. So I'm very fortunate. That's what I would probably spend most of my time doing, one of those two things. What's the number one tip you have for effective marketing? The number one most effective tip is create an avatar. And this is what I mean. Figure out who your actual client is, who you're trying to attract, and speak directly to them as if they were an individual. So an example of that, uh, in one of my businesses, I know that basically I'm trying to attract you know, myself. I want a 45-year-old business owner, um, successful guy you know, that's probably on his second family, has probably gone through some hardships in his life, that understands you know, places a much higher value on his family than, he, than anything else. So when I'm marketing, I'm speaking to that individual. I mean, we go back as far as looking at, okay, what was the actual, I mean, this is crazy, but this is what really good marketing is about. We, we go back and I look at, we'll look at, our team will look at, you know, what was the most popular male name in 1970? So that person's 45 years old, right? We'll pull it up and we'll say, okay, so it was Joe. Okay, so again, let's go find a Joe from 1970 in Google search. Let's get an image. Let's put it on the board. Now let's talk specifically to Joe. What's Joe going through in his life? And when you market very specifically to that, to that type of situation, your marketing becomes much more effective. What I see most marketers do is they just kind of blanket the area and say, hey, look at me over here. I, I'm also doing what everybody else is doing. And that's just, that's just a complete waste of money. The second thing I would tell you is that, that be very effective of branding, right? Branding is um, you know, part of the reason why we started 1-800-SELL-NOW for real estate investing is because we quickly realized that there was real value in somebody remembering our, our name, remembering our number, remembering what we do, because we had, we had to, we only had one quick shot at them, right? So speak to your, to your avatar, speak to your client, the very first person you're, you're trying to attract and also give them a, give them the opportunity to remember who you are, remember your brand. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I've read, The Alchemist. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Losing everything that I had and becoming suicidal at the age of 30. What did I learn from it? Is that I have what it takes inside of me to survive anything and to push ahead. Best ever deal you've done? The very first deal I did. $8,200, January 22nd of 2003. I cashed the check. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? I'm really excited about real estate worldwide, and, and we've built out a, a fantastic coaching platform that's already helped hundreds of students out there. I'm excited about where the future is going to take us with that. Best ever way you like to give back? We have a foundation that we own called the Time Is Now Foundation, which supports children's charities. Specifically, at this point, we're supporting uh, 
orphanages that we're helping to build and supply in Haiti. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not listening to people that were trying to help me when I first got started and I thought I knew more than I knew. Can you give an example? Sure. I was out there trying to, I thought I was saving money by doing my own rehabs. I thought I was saving money by painting my own projects and mowing my own lawns and investing all of these hours when people around me, my mentors were telling me that I was actually losing money by doing that. And it wasn't until I got the book, The E-Myth, that I realized what I was really sacrificing. I wasn't placing a high value on my time. If I'd listened to them earlier, I probably could have uh, been, you know, got there a lot faster. Ultimately, I got to where I wanted to get to. But uh, it was a big lesson for me. I, I, I was too stubborn to listen. And Kent, what's the best ever place for listeners to reach you? KentClothier.com. K-E-N-T-C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R.com. Well, Kent, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your psychology. Yeah, man. About, you know, really around, you know, those days are ticking away. You know, the dry erase board keeps getting used every day and you calculate the days. As you mentioned, when we look at, uh, the question was how to scale your company and I love how you approached it. Well, you know, there's there's books to tactically approach that, but if your head ain't right, then it ain't going to be right. And so really, it's it's a matter of, as you said, begin starting with the end in mind. And the very first thing that you recommend is figure out, <laughs> I love it, how many days you have left on this earth. Of course, we don't know exactly, but let's just go with the averages and then be cognizant of that. So really uh, understanding our mortality. And I, I think it was Steve Jobs that you know said we really we start living the day we, we recognize that we're going to die, something along those lines, or, or he quoted in one of his speeches. And uh, also, you know, when we're, when we're talking about who we want to hire, if we're trying to determine who we should hire first, then as you said, find out what you're passionate about and begin outsourcing everything else. For you, the marketing is fairly easy. You naturally have a talent for that. So that's what you enjoy doing. And then it's really outsourcing the other aspects for best ever listeners, if you've got a, if you got a job, then following that advice of first what you're passionate about, then looking at outsourcing the rest, and don't make it harder than it has to be. Again, start with the end of mind, and uh, you know just because things tend to at the surface be complex, really it's it's some simple stuff. And as you said, the smartest people, some you've seen some of the smartest people go broke, and the dumbest people make a fortune. So it, it really is simple and um, it, it's all about ties back to how we want to spend our time and tactically speaking thank you for getting into that with marketing and talking about creating your avatar so know who you're talking to and it's not just okay to say it's uh, you know my audience is you know my person's 25 to 35 year old male females who like to go on the beach it is a person and it's a person with a name and uh, describing them in detail, as well as having a branding focus. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice, and I hope you have a best ever week. Hey, thanks for having me. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline 
but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur. A real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, so we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save. Um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out. 